do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd. This is Gabby. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 385. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who does not want to feel outstanding? Always, always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. You know what else? What? Let's take care of each other. That's our new tagline. Maybe. Or Maybe. let's be good to each other. We're working it through. I like take care. You do? Yeah. How come? I don't know. Let's figure that out right Being now. Being good is... Uh, Too general? It seems more passive. I don't know. I don't know. Well, take care of is, is more of an action. And it's not like we're just trying to get a tagline for a tagline's sake. It's not just we're for marketing. We're trying to sum up what yeah. we do in a sentence, and it's so hard to do. <laughs> I know. And I know that anybody who is in either the field of marketing or has their own business, this is the constant struggle, right? We're not alone. Um, but it's like, how do you come up with language to encapsulate what you do in one sentence? There's just no way. But so what Todd and I are doing is going after it a different way. And what is it that we really hope that people do? Yeah. Take care of each other. That's it. And and let's take care of each other. This is the, you know, backing up for a second from that, because really what this show is about. Ouch. That was loud again. Sorry. It was it was fixed a few weeks ago and it's not fixed. It's because I didn't want to lean over and push a button. Because that, that would have been hard to right. do. Is that the only way we can take care of other people is if we take care of ourselves first. But see, then that makes the sentence too long. Right. Too long of a sentence. So. Take care of other people knowing that the only way you can do that effectively is that if you're taking care of yourself. My second favorite tagline is just be cool, man. And that will not be our tagline. And tagline just means... Keep trucking. We're just... I don't, even, I don't even know what a tagline is. Well, we're working on our conference website. We're working on our news and parenting radio website. And man, there needs to be a lot of content and writing. And it's like, well, what do you want to say about this? What do you want to say about this? And I'm kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, where do we begin? We've where do we 385 begin? 385 of these suckers. How do we so, sum it up in a sentence? Yeah, uh, my friend Jessica just sent me an email saying, okay, when you talk about challenges on the show, what challenges are you referring to? <laughs> I'm like, um... I, I'll, I have an answer that the challenges are that as individuals, we don't think we're enough. That's my answer. That's actually pretty good. Thank you. I was a little more literal. I was thinking like, Gender equality, parenting issues, self-esteem issues. It's more detail-oriented. Um, global issues. Yeah, I was thinking about every, what challenge do we not discuss on this show? Because the thing is, is originally we were like, oh, we laugh, we have fun. But you know what? We're not always laughing and having fun. No. Sometimes we're not having fun. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little bit of this. Because or hopefully not any of this. Hopefully not. Okay. Or hopefully not any of this. And, and here's And God forbid this. Are you done? I don't want to be, but I will be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because here's why this is so important. This challenging laughter thing. So I've been talking to my daughter about anxiety in the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that I've been able to use, thanks to Pete Doctor and the people over at Pixar, is Inside Out again. Because yeah. the rec the realization of the movie Inside Out, which is now a few years old, is that you can't have joy without pain. You can't have sadness without joy. You can't have one feeling and not the other. They're dependent on each other. They are literally interdependent. The only way you know joy and that you know that feeling of freedom or connection is oftentimes because you you have come through a pain or you have experienced a pain so you have the you have the other feeling in mind too which gives you the what's what's the word I'm looking for Ted it gives you the alternate 
reality. Right. You know what I mean? What what could the other side feel and look like? And why that's so important is because, of course, we talk and laugh on this show, and you guys talk and laugh, and laughter is a big part of life. But the reason sometimes Todd and I laugh is because we're in pain. Sometimes we laugh because we're challenged and frustrated. Sometimes you see people laughing at like wakes and funerals and stuff. It's because yeah. they need to release, they need to release that stuff. They do. And it's I was not- included. My mom's services, I was chatting, chatting and laughing and yeah. crying and everything. Exactly. And that's the thing is, what are we trying to do? It's like, I feel like we're doing a marketing thing right now. We are trying to, meaning we're trying to figure this out on the show. We are trying to encapsulate the whole human experience. We're having a business meeting. Let's have a business meeting. Sweetie loves business meetings. I don't. But I do. But I like them as conversations, not as like where you put an agenda in front of me and make me like check things off. Then I'm like... I love bullet points. And I do not. I'm like, let's just have an open discussion and see what ends up on my vision board. Do you want to listen to a quote from Sadness? Sure. She's walking. She walked away. (laughs) Not very good audio. That was it. (laughs) What was that? It was sadness from inside out walking to the screen, and it said, meet sadness. And she just kind of waved, hunched back. (laughs) Put it this way. I didn't vet that clip before I decided to play it. You did not. I want to play a minute 55 clip because top five quotes from inside out, but I won't Well, I know know which one it is. It's when she's talking to the imaginary friend. Mm Mm-hmm. And she makes him feel better because part of the importance of when we sadness, all sadness did in the movie Inside Out was acknowledge that sadness exists. She didn't say, um, you know, you shouldn't feel sadness or you should feel sadness all the time. She just acknowledged its its existence. So when what was his name? Oingo Boingo guy. Yeah, yeah. What was it? No, what was his name? The um, you know, I know the the. Sonny, the, the, the imaginary friend. Yeah, I love that guy. He, She says to him when he's sad, that must feel sad. Mm-hmm. And him just acknowledging it allowed him to move on and, and kind of pull from his joy again. And what Joy was thinking is we have to pretend we're never sad. We have to move on. We can't look at that. Bing bong. Bing bong. Thank you. I called him Oingo Boingo. <laughs> um, it's a great punk band, by the way. <laughs> One day we were playing, I don't know, what were we playing? One of our stupid One of our music games, games. And we all had to come up with our favorite punk band song. And Todd cho- chose Weird Science by Oingo Boingo. That's right. You were a little off because that's not punk. That was alternative. Anyway. Do you want me to play that scene from Inside Out where sadness comforts Bing Bong? Sure. It's two minutes and 37 seconds. Well, don't seconds. play the whole thing. Well, we might have to fast forward a little okay. bit. Okay. Riley can't be done with me. Hey, it's going to be okay. We can fix this. We just need to get back to headquarters. Which way to the train station? I had a whole trip planned for us. Hey, who's ticklish, huh? Here comes the tickle monster. Hey, bing bong, look at this. By the way, that's Joy. Right, Joy is trying to make him feel better rather than acknowledging his pain. Which is what we do a lot as parents. Totally. Actually, I do this. We all do this. Uh, we all have moments of this. Oh, here's a fun game. You point to the train station and we all go there. Won't that be fun? Come on, let's go to the train station. I'm sorry they took your rocket. They took something that you loved. It's gone forever. Sadness. Don't make him feel worse. Sorry. It's all I had left of Riley. I bet you and Riley had great adventures. 
They were wonderful. Once we flew back in time. We had breakfast twice that day. Sadness! It sounds amazing. I bet Riley liked it. Oh, she did. We were best friends. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> I'm okay now. That's good. I'm okay now. I'm okay now. Let me cry my candy tears. Doesn't he cry candy? He does. Kind of cool. Um, and we've uh, we've played that clip probably two times on this podcast before, but it's so powerful because, like I said, I mean, I've seen that a bunch of times, and the fact that Joy is trying to convince, let's just say, um, and metaphorically, we as as our kids, our kids get sad and we try to talk them out of their sadness. And the thing is, is why do we do that? Because we are uncomfortable. It's not for their best interest. It's because we are uncomfortable. It's like, you know, I had to drop one of my kids off at camp yesterday and she was actually excited and she was ready to go. But when we were getting close and she started getting a little more nervous, my stomach starts to feel uncomfortable because I would have a hard time dropping her off if she's feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, you want her to be on all cylinders when you drop her off. Exactly. So I'm sitting there, but because I practice this and think about this a lot, I'm aware that me trying to talk her into being like, no, no, you're not anxious. It's fine. Why are you upset? Would be for my benefit. So I just had to shut up. And what happens? She gets, I say, yeah, you know, I understand. It's because she's gonna be gone for two weeks. And I just kind of be with her. And then once she sees her friends and counselors, she's okay. But let her have the feeling and quit telling our us, our spouses, our friends, our kids, why they shouldn't be having their feelings. Because feel your feelings. If they can That's our new tagline, sweetie. Feel your feelings. Now the other thing is is sometimes something Todd does that I tell him to not do is right when I'm about to feel my feelings, he'll say, let it out. Oh really? Oh yeah, and I'll and I like kind of like hit you. But like, I'm don't giving say you permission. That. But you don't need to because you're like just that thing, just like nothing, like just empty be, space, empty space. Be present, but don't because the now let then there's it out. An expectation. Exactly. I'm like I am. You know what I mean? Where I feel like you're telling me to do something. Note to self: Don't say let it out. <laughs> <laughs> let it go. Let it go. All right, should we start the show? Let's. We're eleven minutes in. We haven't even <laughs> talked about what we're about to talk about. Um, so, real quick, we do this thing called Team Zen, and um, it is basically um, three more podcasts a month, but it's interactive, and we've talked a lot about it. And uh, it's subscription based. And I got a question from a listener, and we just finished one of our Team Zen talks, and I didn't get around to her question, so I want to get to it now. Um, so I could email her and say that really? we answered it. Yeah. We're going to answer it here? Yeah. Instead of on Team Zen? Yeah. Okay. I think she'll be, because otherwise, who knows if we're going to get to it next week. Okay. Well, one thing I will say about Team Zen is, like Todd said, we just finished a Zen talk. Um, so basically, we have three live Zen talks a month, and you, people just jump on and ask us questions, or they type us questions, or they write us questions beforehand, and then we send out an audio and uh, video recording of the Zen talk so they can listen, you guys can listen to it on your own time. Now, um, we're also, we have a Facebook page. People can ask questions there. They can interact. They can get to know each other, build community, answer each other's questions. We share resources. Todd and I share a lot of resources on that page. And we right now just started a Zen kindness campaign where we are all as a community 
doing random acts of kindness. So it's pretty fun. It is. I would have to say that Todd and I are having a pretty good time. So um, it's better you, than your virtual retreats it used to do. Yeah, well, because it's more sustainable. Well, and it's interactive. I like getting the energy from people asking questions, whether they're typing it or they're talking to us on their monitor. Um, it's just, I just, there's more energy to it. So that's really good. If you ever did our virtual retreats, I think you'll like this better. Yes. So, and Safe to say. not only that, but if you are a part of Team Zen, you're going to get discounts or free stuff, like, you know, for the conference, things like and that. You can opt out at any time. It's a no brainer. Okay. So what's the question we missed? Before I get to the question, I want to, so what we talked about last time on our last Team Zen last week is we all have different responses to stimulus. Uh, we also talked about why some of us are more connected to other people's emotions. That seems to be a recurring theme of Zen. You know what? Training. You read these last week. Are you sure? I'm positive because we just did a Zen talk today. I know, so but I should... don't have those. I can tell you what we talked about today. Go ahead. We talked about um, you started by saying it's okay every once in a while to let go and to watch funny things and to not be constantly self-improving. Yep. Okay. We talked about the masculine and the ver- uh, masculine and feminine version of self-improvement. Um, somebody asked a question about gender equality and how to teach her sons about gender equality in a more um, uh, organic way yeah. rather than like, you know, spouting preaching. a bunch of, yeah, preaching a bunch of quotes and stuff like that. Don't forget about potty power, sweetie. And then somebody asked a question about potty training and Todd and I gave our responses, but we're so far from it that the people who actually helped out were the other Zen team members. Right. And then um, the last thing we talked about was um, when one of your children maybe is, you ask them to do something simple, like, okay, it's time to put away your bike. And they get like instantly angry with you. A little snooty. Snooty. Like like how to respond in a way that's maybe more zen and more helpful to the relationship. Um, so this is the question. Okay. Clothes. Clothes. Okay. Clothes. We have really struggled in our house around clothes with my daughter. I feel this topic is probably not unique to us, but I do feel some something so simple as everyday clothes can have many layers and angles. I had to chuckle when I heard Todd talk about sleeping in his clothes a few weeks ago. Yeah. Todd sleeps in like sweaters. Big whoop. Uh, not, you- in the, not in the summer though. No, then I just then sleep he just in sleeps my t- in his clothes, shorts and t-shirts. <laughs> a few questions that come to mind are number one: You ready? What to do to help a child who has sensitivity to their clothes? Sensory things like tags, softness, etc. Well, my practical answer is, you know, uh, cut the tags off with scissors and buy soft clothes. Correct. A little downy. Get well, a little downy action going. I would say when our children tell us they're sensitive to something, listen to them. Yeah. Like I think I've shared this on the show many times, but my first two daughters were very sensitive uh, to- Remember we did those socks? That's the thing is they were so sensitive to socks. Socks and shoes became such an issue that I bought diabetic socks. You know, And someone will say, well, oh, what a pain that you had to do that. But I'm like, what a pain that every morning I was struggling <laughs> with their socks. And so once I bought the diabetic socks, which have no seams, right. they're seamless. Yeah. You know, They're for people who have neuropathy in their yeah. feet and who are super sensitive- then we had no issue. Yeah. And so I say follow their lead. And usually, and and children who are sensitive to things like tags and seams, your children are not alone. Yeah. Like, I don't want you as a parent to feel like, oh my gosh, my kid has a problem no other kids do. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, this is a such a common question. And, and I think that it kind of gives you an idea of their sensitivity to the world. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, you may be, you may have a child who feels things intensely and who can, you know, is affected by what they put on their body and what they take into their body. And that's not a bad thing. No. That's, I, I mean, that's a child who, who's going to be very aware. 
Question two, how to handle when a child wears something over and over because it becomes a security item for them. I want to give freedom to wear what they want, but you also can't wear dirty clothes. This has become a huge struggle for us. So first of all, um, I have a memory of like when I was in fourth grade and whatever, I found this shirt that I really loved. And I went to private Catholic grade school, so we had to wear stupid uniforms to me. To you, they were stupid. <laughs> I couldn't Many stand people up. like uniforms, yes. Right. Um, and I wore this thing like all the time. And I even remember getting made fun of because I wore this yellow school shirt with eyes on and it was really comfortable and I liked it. But I thought it. you had to wear a uniform. I don't you, you could wear You could wear t-shirts, but you could wear like an Izod collared shirt. Okay. And I remember getting made fun of and I felt bad, but not bad enough to stop wearing it. So, um, and you know, when, is, when do clothes really become dirty? After you sweat in them, Todd has decided to not wear deodorant as much as he normally does. <laughs> Every, all these all these moms are like, Kathy, how can you stand this? <laughs> well, and he and the thing is, is because I love Todd. I think when we love people, even though they may not smell great all the time, you you <laughs> love them, and so you're kind of like you, you know, I love you, so I'll be close to you. Um, but there are things, Todd. Todd doesn't care. My favorite character in Peanuts is Pigpen. Yes. Enough said. Right. And so I have to, and this is where I have to speak up for myself because there are times when I'm like, you know, why don't you take a shower before we go out? (laughs) How about how about jumping in that shower? How about you take a shower or, you know, we're like, he's going to kiss me and I'm like, have we brushed our teeth? If I wear a button down (laughs) shirt, I'm not putting it in the laundry if you sweat in it though you have first of all i usually wear a t-shirt underneath my button down long sleeves in the winter i'm not putting that in the laundry i'm hanging that sucker back up there's all these subtle levels there's this part in ghostbusters 2 where bill murray talks to sigourney weaver about all these different subtle levels of whether or not something is clean or dirty okay just because we wear something one day doesn't mean it needs to be laundered there's I agree with you. I think some people are extreme, but I like will wear a dress for two hours and then I hang it back up. Like if I didn't, if I didn't sweat in it, if I didn't get anything on it. No, it's like a dress that has to get dry clean. So I'm like, it's fine. So I get that. Um, But it's funny. I'm thinking about Max, my nephew, when he was like in sixth or seventh grade, he wore the same two sweatshirts just over and over again. Remember that? Yeah. They had the 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 symbols. Yeah, the hoodies. And my sister said the same thing. Like she would have to like wrangle those off of him to wash them. And, and my... My answer to you is just to have a plan. Like if there are certain clothes that your child is wearing over and over again, one shirt or two shirts, come say to them, I recognize you're wearing both of these shirts. You're welcome to wear, you know, I have no problem with that, but let's have a rotation in the wash. Let's have, I'm going to come grab it on Thursday or if he does it or he or she does his own laundry, you know, let's have a rotation where we have a plan because this is something that I say to my kids all the time. And this may surprise you guys because we always talking, we always talk about, you know, let your kids, you know, live their life and do what they want to do. At the same time, part of my job as their mother is to recognize when they're not brushing their teeth, when to acknowledge that they don't smell good, when to point out maybe it's time to buy a bra, when to say to them, um, this is my job. I And I take that very seriously, meaning that I... Um, And when my girls maybe go, mom, or why are you telling me that? Or why are we talking about this? I say to them, girls, I, it's part of my job requirement to point this out to you, not to make you feel self-conscious. And I'm not pointing it out all the time. I'm not like a crazy clean person. It's just, if you haven't brushed your teeth for a day and a half, hello, mom's showing up. And I'm showing up with a, 
I am reminding you of your responsibility, not you need to brush your teeth so I feel better about myself, but your responsibility is to clean your body. Yeah. You know, that's part of my job as a mom is to remind you. Well, and so it's so predicated on age. Like, you know, you're going to say something different to a four-year-old Correct. or a 14-year-old. Exactly. Or a 45-year-old. Or my husband. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's the thing is like with you and, and I, we kind of joke, it's not like you smell bad all the time. You're, you're not like, it's not really a problem. You just, when you get into these, Todd does yoga and then he does more deodorant. He's just a free spirited kind of guy. I'm free <laughs> to do what I want um, any old time. So, Who sings that? Uh, the uh, Soup me. Dragons. Hold me. Actually, I think the original was the Rolling Stones. I think you're right. But we're going to do the Soup Dragons one. Okay. But don't do the other Soup Dragons song that I loved. Wait. What about oh. the song I just sang? Okay. <laughs> don't be afraid of your freedom. I think, it, I think it actually is a Rolling Stones. I think it is. It's but, a good song, though. Well, it's college, Todd. Do you remember that was such like the breakup, like going out song? Because if like you broke up with someone or someone was being a jerk, then you would play that song and everyone would get excited. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> I believe you. Because you weren't going out with girls who were, well, you did sometimes. Not really. Not really. Sweetie, if it got in the way of me drinking with my buddies, I'm not in. There's another Soup Dragon song that I love. So what is the other songs under there, just so I can hear it, because I can't remember what it's called. First I'm going to do the... There's the Stones, yeah. Oh, there it is. Divine Thing. Play Divine Thing. That's the one that I loved. No, 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 no. Too late. No, not this one. I don't want this one. All right, which one you It's want? Love God. That's the one I loved. Divine Thing was good too, but Love God was the one I loved. That one. Never heard of this song. Play it. It's good. Good beginning. You remember? No. Oh. Wasn't it? No, I don't remember that. So all of you who have Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, go find the Soup Dragons again. Or YouTube, for goodness sakes. I know. So we're kind of getting off topic of clothes. Oh, last question. Okay. Brand names, trends, and buying kids' clothes. How to help kids, especially older kids, once they start learning about brands and popular trends. Mm-hmm. That's a can of worms right there. Well, and here's the thing. I think we think there's something to help. And there isn't. They learn about brands. But what if they break your wallet in the meantime? But that's your choice, meaning that... Then your kids are going to hate you. No, that's not true. Here, I mean, I'll give you an example. First of all, when it comes to things like brands and and our kids actually like a brand and then we shame them for liking it, 
it's very developmentally appropriate to be attracted to something that everybody else is attracted to. We all did it. We all had, I mean, for you moms, we had Gloria Vanderbilt, we had Calvin Klein, we had Sassoon, we had, we had brands that we liked and our kids do too. And we say, but, oh, I'm afraid that then they'll turn into some really spoiled, blah, blah. you know, just because they like a brand doesn't mean a, that they're going to get it all the time. B, that it means that they're it's they're somehow shallow. It's just a part of growing up. And and the thing that Todd and I were able to do, and I don't know if everybody can has access to this, but we have consignment shops. Um, really good. We'll give really them a shout good out. One. Well, good uh, one is called Good Sense. It's in St. Charles, Illinois. So those of you who are in the western suburbs of Chicago, it's great. And it's it's a play on words. Good Sense. Um, C-E-N-T-S. But yeah. obviously similar to S-E-N-S-E. Yeah. And they have um, really great things. Like you can find like, you know, the girls love Aeropostale and they love um, Hollister. And you can find a Hollister T-shirt for four bucks because I'm not taking them to Hollister. But if they want a Hollister shirt, sure. that's, you know, it's four bucks. It's fine. So it's kind of like that middle of the road. And the thing is, is these things come and go. They they seem to be more attracted to it at a certain time and then they let go and um, move on to the next thing that, you know, that stimulates their thinking. But I guess the thing is, is instead of shaming them or saying, why do they care, empathize and understand why they care. And then when they say, because you know, we care too, like, we do. you know, I, I, I put on this facade of, I don't care about anything, but you know, I of don't, course you I, care. I don't want, um, I want good, comfortable jeans. Yeah. I could probably go to, I don't know, Walmart or Goodwill or whatever and get cheaper jeans, but I want them to look and feel right. Right. So I, I guess I'm just calling myself out. Like I kind of project as if I don't care about anything. We all care about something, something when it comes to clothes. And so the key to, and why this is so important to understand before you talk to your child is if you come from that place of empathy and understanding versus fear and shame, then you see it through a totally different lens as something very normal. And in no way by empathizing with them, are you being permissive about getting them everything they want? Like I remember when I was young, you know, at Christmas time or at my birthday, I could get a pair of Calvin Klein jeans and I had to make them last through the year, but I wasn't getting seven pairs, nor was I getting a pair every time I wanted them. So I kind of keep, you know, there are some things we keep from our childhood. I kind of keep that model with my kids is that we do a lot of consignment shop uh, shopping because it's cheaper and because it's better for the environment. Well, yeah, totally for the environment. And what I say is, do you guys want to buy 10 shirts or one? Right. Because if you want one, then we'll go to Justice. Right. If you want 10, let's go to Good Sense. And you know, they're over Justice now. Did you know that? No, I yes, didn't. Yes. The, see, these things change so quickly. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is that we give or we say, save money and we'll go with you to buy something. Yeah. Like you make them play a role in it. And then there are times when they have birthdays or whatever, and they have family members give them a gift card to Forever 21, and they can go get what they want. Yeah. But it's not about understanding their thinking does not equal permissiveness. And if in your home, you are not people who practice, if you yourself as a parent are not worried about it all the time, and if it's not a thing in your home where you're constantly worried about brands and what everything looks like, then your child's not picking up on that. If you if you live in a home or you're surrounded by people who are very concerned about brands and very concerned about having the latest pottery bar in this or having the you know this kind of decoration, yeah, your children are 
that's what they're picking up on. Again, it's the living what you want your kids to learn. What yep. are they experiencing? But for your question, I think is really just that typical, my kid is starting to recognize brands. What do I do? You understand. Yeah. And at the same time, say that there's, doesn't- There's limits. There's limits on yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So I have all these different places I want to go, but I want to grant some space to my sweetheart to- talk about one of the two topics that you wanted to talk about? Sure. Uh, I found something in the book that I was reading last week while we were in Galena. Um, so I've recommended this book to a few people already because I went through it pretty briefly, not in depth about a month ago, but I've been reading it more in depth while we were in Galena last week. And it's uh, by Sharon Salzberg. Um, it's called Real Love, The Art of Mindful Connection. So again, Sharon Salzberg, who many of you may know as a uh, mindfulness teacher, um, and she's been around for a long time. She has many books and uh, she, again, Real Love, The Art of Mindful Connection. And I heard about this book Originally, because she was on the Dan Harris podcast, 10% Happier, she and Dan Harris, you know, Dan Harris interviews mindfulness experts, meditation teachers, and she's been on his show a few times. But they were talking about her book, and there's so much. I mean, I, you know, I have almost every page folded in this book. But one of the things that I thought was interesting, because we talk about this on the show a lot, is when we have things that happen in our childhood that are traumatic, or we have experiences that uh, we can perceive as negative or challenging. And a lot of times we try and talk about them as if they were meant to be. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week where you were saying to somebody, or maybe you were just saying it yourself, like, we have to take what we've been given and um, and be thankful for these experiences because then we have to use it to move forward in life or help other people. And grow. And, and grow. That. So while all that's true, I always struggle with the idea of that we really need to be thankful for traumatic events. Mm. I don't like that. I don't think it's truthful. Um, and I don't think anyone really feels thankful they may say in hindsight here's what i got out of it yeah. or now that this has happened i realize i'm a deeper person because of it but i don't think someone looks back you know and again some of you may, may be challenging me in your mind saying no i look back and i'm thankful but a lot of times especially when it's about something like being sexually abused or the loss of a child or you know like for me with miscarriages yeah. or you know losing my dad or i don't look back and say oh i'm thankful for that mm -hmm. I, but i do accept it and the language that um, Sharon Salzberg offers is consider it a given and not a gift. Mm. A given means, and I'm actually, instead of using my own words, let me use hers because I think, of, I think this is beautiful. Think of them as givens, not gifts. That way there's no pretense or pressure to reimagine painful experiences. You don't have to like recreate it into something different. If something is a given... We don't deny it or look the other way. We start by acknowledging it. It happened. And then see how we can have absolutely the best life possible going forward. Mm. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. So there was something about that language. You know, words are just so beautiful in that way when they help you arrange and frame your thinking is that instead of saying to people, oh, that's a gift that that happened or you should be thankful that that, that happened. Mm. Um, I like it. Why don't you just say, well, that's a given. Mm -hmm. And so acknowledge it accept it, accept it in the sense that, that it happened, you know, don't deny it, don't repress it. It did happen. Now, what are you going to do with what, with what it means? Right. Are you going to take that experience and, and repress it and not talk about it and feel shame filled about it? Or are you going to take that experience 
and and open up and help other people. I was just having a conversation with a girlfriend the other day and talking about one of her traumatic experiences and how it leaves her feeling less than. And I was saying to her, my goodness, you have this understanding that much of the population doesn't have. And you actually get to go out in the world and say to people, I'm here. I get it. Not that I get your specific experience, but I know this pain. Mm -hmm. I know I, I feel the resonance of this pain. Right. And I want to be someone who shows you that I came through. Like that is the gift is being able to give back. But the the experience itself was just a given. No, I hear that. And I think it is helpful. I think it's a lot of it's kind of cement, semantics. Sharon kind of framed it for you in right. such a way that you really connected with it. Yes. And I can appreciate that. Yeah, just so, like she said, we don't have to reframe something traumatic and say, I'm glad that happened to me. Right. Because that, to me, feels... Doesn't work for you. Right. Like, of course I'm not glad that happened. But here I am now with the experience and look how I can help others. Mm -hmm. So that's it. I like it. Okay. Um, I do want to uh, talk about uh, one of our uh, guy listeners. He's a husband and a dad. He sent this to me, and I'm pretty sure he gave me um, the okay to say his name, but I won't just because I'm not 100% positive, but I know he said I could share it. Um, he he and I have been going back and forth via email. He says, just want to update you because he's having some hard time communicating with his wife. Okay. And you and I talked about this briefly. Like, we should bring that up on the show. Okay. Just want to update you, Todd, on how my wife and I have progressed. We've done three marriage counseling session, sessions, and on the last one, my wife finally said it's like we're in a competition with who's more tired. Oh. And he says in caps, bing, I needed for her to bring it up so we could speak reasonably about it because when I brought it up, she'd get defensive, for lack of a better term, thus killing the conversation. It allowed me to say that it's not about who's more tired. It's about where we are at within our own range of mental health. It's impossible to compare two human beings in these terms. So I proposed that we use a numbering system every day to communicate where we're at in our own little world of pain. Mm. Zero being perfectly mellow and 10 being freak out anxiety. We talk about where we're at every day when we get home so we can better understand how, how to support one another. It's working out quite well. You know what? I do remember you shared this with me because I think I said, what a great idea. Yeah. And, and the reason why that's a great idea is instead of coming home and having each of them give their download of the day, like I did this, then I did this, then I did this, which is basically just a productivity list and has nothing to do with mental wellness. Right. You actually just start right where you're at and you say, this regardless of what I did today, here's where I'm at mentally. As a guy, I'm just like, oh my God, this would be so great. Because, right. you know, I've I've used this story. I have some I have a friend who does some coaching for uh, marriages and he has kind of a buzzword of that he and his wife share, which is chocolate. And mm -hmm. when that means it means like back up, give me space, quit solving my problem. It's like basically he or she is saying, I'm in a really bad place right now, so don't try to fix me or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is kind of another version of that. Like, mm -hmm. where are you today? You had a long day. I haven't seen you in eight hours. Are you at a zero? Are you chill? Or are you at a 10 where you're about to pull your hair out? Because that would help me, I think, be a little more present on where you need, where I, where I can help you and vice versa. And how I can relate to you depending right. on what you're doing rather than me. Because the key to this is, to not have to defend your position. Mm -hmm. So the th the key to this is if somebody, if you come home and you decide to use this number system with your partner and they say, I'm at an eight and you're at a three, 
And then they say, well, why are you at an eight? And you say, well, you know, I, I was at my computer all day and, the, you know, I was trying to figure something out and I couldn't figure it out. And then the partner was like, well, that shouldn't make you feel at an eight. Then the person is back in, to, they're backed against the wall to defend right. their position again. So these numbers are not up for debate. The the question is not how do I get you down to a six? Right. It's acceptance it's of acceptance the number. Acceptance of the number. And then you can still ask questions, yeah. like tell me about it mm-hmm. or whatever, but your intention is not to, to talk change. them down to a zero. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's really good. And to because that's the thing, is that sometimes, you know, I think um especially you guys get this from Todd and I when we talk about, you know, if I'm feeling challenged and he doesn't understand is sometimes it's not about the things that happened. Like if I were to share, like some days I have a lot of things happen that are challenging and I handle it really well, meaning that I don't really feel that stressed about it. And then, um, or like yesterday, you know, the day I had to, um, I drove my daughter to camp, and that's hard in itself. There's an emotional component, right? And then one of my daughters was going to go and changed her mind about going in the car with us, and so it kind of threw things off. I also, because I was taking my daughter to camp, I was missing uh, something that was happening at my father's nursing home that was kind of in recognition of him. Um, And again, it was not just about him, but I really would have liked to have been there. It was just a bad overlap. And then Todd was making plans with his family and he was doing something different. And so when you look at all those things, there's really nothing stressful in there inherently, but it was too much for me. There's too many emotional components going on right now. Um, and, and that made me uncomfortable and made me at an eight or a nine. So if, if Todd were to hammer it down and say, what happened, what I do, what was going on? It, it isn't something that needs to be solved. I'm just feeling the heaviness of every situation that's happening. Todd did not feel heaviness of any of those situations. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. so Other than feeling your heaviness. Right. And so the thing is, is not to explain to me why I should be feeling differently, just to understand it. And, and when I say accept it, I don't mean accept it, suck it up. I don't mean that as like a, you better accept it or else. It's like, just let it be. Well, and you know, as you and I have talked, like my message when I'm talking to a group of married men and talking about healthy marriages, um, it's about, you know, my most recent kind of aha is not to be a problem solver, not to try to fix it, not to not say anything. It's to be completely present. Mm -hmm. That's another, it's kind of a reframe of what you're saying is if you're at an eight, just let you be at an eight. Correct. And don't talk her down to a six and don't try to agitate her to get her to a 10, accept her eight and, and just be there. And just and presence means like you would say, okay, so because sometimes another talk that Todd and I had, can you do you guys know Todd and I talk about a lot of these <laughs> things all the time? Um, is we had a talk when we were coming home from Galena about how I was saying I was angry about something and I was being kind of and it had nothing to do with Todd. It was something completely different, and I was kind of like making fun of this situation and being snarky just with Todd. And he was really quiet, 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 quiet. So I was like I'm like, are you annoyed that I'm being snarky? Like, are you, mm-hmm. can I, do I not have room to be like funny with you? And and he's like, well, I just don't feel that way. So I have nothing to say. And I explained to him, it's okay. Like, and this is just about me. Like other people might be like, gosh, you get into minutia, Kathy, you know, but it's okay to like ask me questions or to be like, that really bugs you. Or because what can, because when you're saying presence, people who are very literal, 
can mean can that can mean to them I just sit there and I say nothing. That's not good either. No, present is being aware of what's going on around you without judgment. So if I'm aware that you're annoyed at me for whatever reason, that doesn't mean I sit there silent staring at a wall. <laughs> right, right. That means for me to be present with it. Like be present, be available, be supportive, be whatever I think needs to happen in the situation for you to get what it is that you need. And sometimes that's nothing, basically just being shutting up. And other times it's asking questions. And other times it's fixing it. Like, like no, Todd, I don't know what to do. Help me out. And then I will kind of troubleshoot with support. you. Yeah. But you can't do that if I go in with a problem solver's mindset. I need to go at it from a present mindset. I just need to be completely present of what's going on. Like yesterday morning with that, where you kind of started feeling stressed about the way the day was going, I felt a little uncomfortable because you were sharing your discomfort, but I couldn't fix it for you. Mm -hmm. I kind of let you sit in it a little bit as best I could. I don't know if I handled it perfectly. Um, and then you kind of went your way and I went my way because our, our, the, the, the plans of the day kind of went went in a fork mm -hmm. like you went to the left and I went to the right mm -hmm. and I don't know if that was really the best move yesterday but I just but I didn't try to fix it but I didn't make you feel bad about it I was just kind of there well I don't it, know it just is right do you know what I mean like there is no sometimes I think that our discomfort with feeling discomfort causes us to create more discomfort yeah um and so if we just have awareness enough that we're not comfortable and that we don't necessarily need to fix it, but we just need to acknowledge it and not say to everybody, everyone needs to be comfortable with my discomfort, but just there's, I mean, there's an empathy on both sides. When you are feeling uncomfortable, you have to have empathy for the people around you. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that, you know, you don't, it's not about dumping on other people. Like, you know, one thing we've been um, talking about a lot lately is, how this is uh, I'm taking this from Glenn and Melton um, so it, this is not mine but is how the whole hot potato thing when you see someone who is super uncomfortable or in pain what they try and do is um, they try to take that it, so the pain is like a hot potato right and they try and pass it to somebody else. Like, I don't want to hold this anymore. So I'm going to unload on you and throw this pain on you. We can also call this like a projection of sorts. I like, I like the metaphor of the, the potato because you can see people doing it saying, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm in so much pain. I'm going to throw it at you and you catch it. So now you're in pain. I had an example of that. And without getting into specifics, um, we went to Galena uh -huh. last weekend and um, oh yes, yes, yes! I know what somebody you're wanted to join us, and I and and it made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I shared that with you. Mm -hmm. And um, it's weird. It's so weird because if there's a part of me like if I don't share this with you, I don't want to like hold any secrets from you. I know this is hard to understand because I'm not giving you all the specifics, but I don't feel comfortable. And you know what's interesting? I didn't feel like you gave me a hot potato. Oh, because I feel like we talked about it a little bit afterwards. We did. We did, but not so much about that I – because I think what I ended up saying was I actually – Because I was uncomfortable with so this situation. So you shared with me. So I shared it with you. That's different than, than sharing, giving me your pain. Yeah. You were sharing with me, and I understood. Mm -hmm. But then I brought it back to you. And so maybe I like held it for a little bit for you so you could get some space, right. but I brought it back to you and said, listen, let's talk about this. Like you obviously shared this with me. So is this still bothering you? Are you carrying this? Um, 
how can I help you with this? Is this what you want? And it just allowed the conversation to keep going. But I didn't, what I envisioned with, you may have handed it to me gently, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't throw it at me. Yeah. Like you just said, I need help with this in a roundabout way. And what, what I envision with people throwing the hot potato is where they don't even acknowledge that they're in pain and they make it about someone else. Yeah. And they say, you're the one who's making But I didn't share, like, I didn't say, hey, I'm really uncomfortable with this. I just kind of said it in a nonchalant way. Because you said that you thought, that he, he thought that I wouldn't want that. Right. So it ended up being my decision. I know this is like a big puzzle that's <laughs> not making any sense to you. I, I, I think the bottom line is that there's times in a relationship where it's not really always healthy to share everything. Like there's some of the stuff that I need to process it myself. I need to own it. I need to take responsibility for it. I need to figure it out. And then share it. And then share it. Mm -hmm. But there's times when I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable. I just need to give this to you. Correct. And in a loving relationship, depending on where the other person is, they're often willing to hold that for a little bit. It's all balance, right? If If a partner is constantly handing over their pain to you and you're carrying it so much that you're brought down to your knees, then it's not healthy. If if you have a partner who sometimes, majority of the time, handles things and then shares it with you once they have a little bit of vision about it, then it's a shared thing. Um, but then the other extreme is, you know, the other pendulum is you have a partner who feels all this pain and never shares it, mm-hmm. you know, or a child who does that. And yeah. then that's so uncomfortable for everybody because you know they're in pain and they won't open up. So it's not about, you know, it's that middle place. It's not about dumping your stuff all over people. It's not about holding everything back so nobody knows you or any of your pain at all. It's that middle place where you say, sometimes I need help. Like I'm trying to process this on my own, but I need help. And sometimes the initial version of asking for help isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. Like we say it in such a way that it doesn't land very well. And then we have to, like, Todd, you said something a couple weeks ago, we were talking about someone else's pain and you said, well, they probably had more pain than us because their experience was worse. And I got really quiet. And then you go, wait, I didn't say that very well, did I? And I said, no, mm. I didn't like the way that was said. And you're like, let me try that again. Yeah. Because he recognized that his point was still valid, but the way it sounded, yeah. sounded as if is as, as if I was being, you know, and again, you may say, well, that's minutia, that's petty. Do I have to look at that? Don't look at this as such a chore. This is like a curiosity and a communication and a connection. And how do I get to know someone? And and it's not just about marriage. It's about our kids. They say things a certain way. We say things a certain way. It's about the people we work with. It's empathy, compassion, curiosity, and communication. And we're not always going to do it perfectly. All the stories Todd and I are sharing with you guys right now, we didn't do very well. Yeah. And But we look at them in hindsight and say... Oh, that was interesting. Or here's what I was trying to say. Or it, it, I think it just, I find it very interesting. Do you find it more interesting now than daunting or is it daunting? Depends on the state of mind I'm in. Yeah. There's times when I just don't want to deal with anything and I just want to shut down. And other times I do have that sense of curiosity that is kind of the reason why you and I are as strong as we are. Yeah. And there are times that I don't want to talk about things too. Like yeah. there's times when I say to Todd, I'm exhausted. I can't, he'll say, okay, now it's time to talk. Like he's, you know, we've been waiting all day and I'll say, I can't do it. Yeah. I'm exhausted. And I don't mean that in a passive aggressive way. I really don't have, as Todd said, the state of mind to be open, empathetic and curious. I'm just tired. I know. And the, uh, as our marriage continues to evolve, like I think I was really bad at kind of, understanding where you were, what state of mind you were in. And, and I think the older I get, the 
a little bit better than I am. So I don't know. It's, uh, absolutely. And th- and that's the thing. Is, and that's the evolution. That's the evolution is it's kind of, it's fun in a hindsight way. It's sometimes not fun in the moment, but again, isn't this life like this is what we were talking about with inside out joy and pain. A lot of us want to just stay in this numb state and feel nothing. And we want every conversation to be fine. And we don't want anyone to get annoyed. And we don't, we want to like stay in this really numbed out place where nothing happens. And then we wonder why we don't feel alive. Then we say, what's missing? And what's missing is our emotional experience. Right. What's missing is the normal ups and downs of life. And if we're afraid of questioning something or trying something differently or saying, I'm sorry, or, or saying, wait a second, I said that wrong, then we never, I was just, again, you know, I said, I was talking to my daughter about anxiety and I said, you know, honey, sometimes that feeling, it's not, you know, when we have those feelings of anxiety, that is the reminder sometimes that we're alive, that something makes us nervous, that something is new, that something is, that we're anticipating something. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad feeling. It just is. And the more we can reframe the way we feel and experience things, the more likely we can deal with it without such a sense of shame and guilt and fear. We can just kind of be like, oh, this is where it is right now. I have an update to the... Tournament of bad. Terminant of bad. Terminant of bad. Last week I shared in the Tournament of Bad that I didn't understand the walk button at intersections when you're crossing the street. Oh, yeah. And because I didn't understand why the button was there, why don't they just always either say walk or don't walk, regardless of whether or not somebody pushes a button at the other side of the intersection. And I called on our audience, who I said were really smart people. And we have somebody who listens to us, and his name is... And it's weird because it's about pushing the button. And guess what his name is? What? Simon Button. It is not. The guy's name is Simon Button. And That's he so cool. is a transportation engineer. Awesome. And he listens to the show. And he said, I listened to your podcast and thought I'd let you know why the crosswalk push buttons don't automatically go on. The reasoning behind it is if there are no pedestrians crossing, you can sometimes get cars moving faster through the intersection. I don't think it's a good reason, but many engineers and planners still prioritize vehicles over pedestrians. And he said, and then he sent me a follow up. He said, just to clarify, if the traffic signal does not have to give enough time for pedestrians to cross, it may be able to switch between driving directions more quickly, reducing the waiting time for cars at the intersection. Huh. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. I needed to hear that. I had no idea that it's a vehicle to get cars moving through quicker. I guess that makes sense now that he I says have more it. Quest- yeah. I, like, I have more follow-up questions to, for him that I can't because he's not on with us. But um, but th- there's some rationale. That's, yes. Basically, that's what your question was, is th- is this really true? Is this a real thing that you have to push the button? And what Simon is saying is, yeah. Yes, because... If I don't, then the cars from the opposite or the left and the right direction will be able to move quicker through the intersection. Yes. I don't know. Whatever. Thank you, Simon. Well done. Well done. Um, iTunes reviews. Um, I've shared this in the last few podcasts, but it's important. You can leave a review from your phone. And why do we ask you guys to leave reviews? The reason we ask you to leave reviews is because it increases the exposure of Zen Parenting Radio and furthers our message. So this is how you do it. Go to your podcast app and just do a search for Zen Parenting Radio. Even if you've already subscribed to it, do a search for Zen Parenting Radio and then you can you click on Zen Parenting Radio and then there's like a ratings and reviews button on your phone. Click on it and you can leave your review from the phone. And it's working because we got three new reviews, which is a lot for us. Um, somebody named Andy Mack says, helps my understanding as a parent. And I think she, I think it's a, a she, had something interesting to say. You ready, sweetie? Yeah, I can't wait. 
I love these two. At first I thought they were too corny. Yeah. With the clean language and the terms of endearment, sweetie. Mm-hmm. But Todd and Kathy are so genuine and real that I've come to love them. They Aww. help me be my best self. So th- I love that review for a few reasons. One is that she's being very honest and that she... We can be corny. We're totally corny. I'll <laughs> own it. What is the definition of corny? I don't know. Like just, like like too clean. It's funny yeah. because I'm such a swearing person. I don't. Th- I think some of our listeners think that we are not who we are. I think so too. I think our friends who listen know who we are, yeah. and they know that this is really who we are, and that we have we're humans who have other experiences. Yeah. But I think if you don't know us, then you may think we're super like clean cut and yeah, corny. We're not. We. I have a tendency to randomly overserve myself. <laughs> As we all do. And we all have histories. And we have history. I used to overserve myself all the time. And I used to get arrested in high school. That's right. When was the last time you've been arrested, sweetie? <laughs> it has been since high school. Thank goodness. And um, we're, and I just, on our team's end, I just talked about how I love the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. Which is a crass show about four human beings who are not good human beings. Todd and I have a dark sense of humor. Yes, we do. But see, that, and, and that... I accept that. I don't feel guilty about that, but it's not appropriate for the show. Right. Um, I think that, like I said, sometimes it's just Todd and I, and I can be super snarky, and it's not about someone else needs to change. It's like I have an inner snark monster, mm. and I'm like, I need to say this out loud, and then once I do, it's gone. Yeah. But I don't need to, like, I'm aware of it, and being snarky with Todd is better than being disrespectful to that person. Right. Do you see what I mean? That's your like release button. That's my release button is like, if I say this out loud and say how annoyed I am, then when I see that person, I don't need to. I, I feel like it's like, and and you guys, you know what else I know? My annoyance at someone else is not about them. It's about me. It's about me. Yeah. And so- I'm also aware as I'm being snarky that it's my own inner issues that I'm dealing through. Okay, now we're sounding corny again. Yes. (laughs) Let's circle back to being corny. The next uh, review is from CC Yoga, and she says, or he says, I really like listening to Kathy and Todd. And then I'm trying to pull up the third one, but I can't, but it's just a thank you. So sorry I didn't put that person's name in there in the number three one. Maybe I can find it. Who knows? Well, thank you for those reviews, everybody. It's, as we always say, it's super helpful. Helps with our algorithm on iTunes. You know, one thing that Sweetie, that's, you don't even know what an algorithm I do, is. I do, too. I, What's an algorithm? I took advanced algebra. What'd you get in it? A D minus. Exactly. But I took it pass fail, so I passed it. I got a big P, and my teacher was so happy. She and I jumped up and down when I got a D. <laughs> on, see, this is I love. I loved that teacher because she understood how hard it was for me, and the fact the fact that I passed was huge. Um, but I was going to say on iTunes, I was going to say that when Todd and I started podcasting almost seven years ago, there were not a lot of kids and family podcasts. Like, I feel like we were number one all the time or yeah. like number three. Now there's a million. Of them. Now there's a million of them. And, um, and when, I, and that, when I say that, I don't think that's a problem. I think I'm glad that people have access to things. I have no problem with that. Um, but obviously we're always still in the top area. Like we feel like we have plenty of listeners, all that kind of stuff, but now it's, Staying there is much more dependent on reviews. You know um, what I mean? Our last review is from Hockey Boy. Okay. 49. So it's, you know it's a man. Yes. I've uh, been listening to Zen Parenting for a year and a half. I've learned so much from Kathy and Todd. They've helped me learn more about myself. And in turn, I feel I'm a better parent. This podcast is just what I needed. I'm forever grateful to you both for the work that you do. Thanks. Oh, thanks, Hockey Boy. Thanks, Hockey Boy. Um, and then don't forget about our two amazing partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, Dr. Kelly 
adjusts us twice a month, and she's awesome at what she does. If you live in the Chicagoland area, check her out at chirotree.com, Healthy Families by Choice, not by chance. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that bald head of beauty, Jeremy Kraft, Avid Company, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area. If any of you have any remodeling projects or painting projects, indoor or outdoor, uh, give Jeremy a call. His website is avidco.net. And his phone number is 630-956-1800. Tell him Zen Parenting sent you. I see his signs all over Elmhurst. Yes. He gets He's most of his of business work. in Elmhurst because some of it because of us. And then some of it is word of mouth because he's good. He is good. Darn good. Darn tootin'. He's in the building! Jeremy's not in the building. Why are you playing Oprah? I don't know. Hey, Why not? speaking of, I talked about this on the Zen Talk today, uh, Super Soul Sunday. I haven't talked about that in a long time. And um, yesterday I watched, I'm so I'm backlogged. I saved a bunch of them. I saved Cheryl Sandberg and I saved the guy who was on yesterday. And But I did watch the one that was like, it was like a Super Soul question and answer number four, which it basically just had a bunch of guests answering the same question and questions like, what is God or what is spirituality or, um, you know, what is the thing that was most difficult for you to do to reach your destiny? And, um, you know, it's all of her best guests giving their answer. And it was so good. And we watched it. I I said, I'm watching it. And it just so happened that everybody sat down in the family room and kind of listened also. Um, But I just, again, I know we get away from the own network. Uh, but, you know, sometimes when people say things like, you know, the news is so negative, which obviously there's a lot going on in our world right now, and the news can feel a little daunting. You know, why aren't there other things to watch? There are. Mm-hmm. You just have to find them. And I highly recommend Masterclass on the own channel. I highly recommend Super Soul Sunday. Um, and, you know, other things similar, the Nature Channel. Todd and I watched this thing. What were we watching on the Nature Channel? Was it Monkeys? I don't know. Did you bring me a monkey? Did you bring, what did he say on Psych? Uh, You're my my Papa Monkey. Papa Monkey. Um, So it's just nice to watch little creatures on the Nature Channel be little creatures. It's very soothing to me. And it's very emotional to me sometimes. So I can't always watch if I'm feeling raw because I feel bad for them sometimes. But I shouldn't because they seem happy. One of the most underrated movies of all time is a movie called Multiplicity. Oh, gosh. And um, this is a line from the movie. And I think you should listen to it. Did you bring me a monkey? <laughs> is that it? That's it. Okay, first of all, I don't know if it's an underrated movie. Oh, I'm... it's so underrated. And another underrated movie is called Quick Change with Bill Murray, Gina Davis, and Randy Quaid. We should do a show just on underrated movies. But we will not agree on all these movies. Well, you'll be wrong about some of them, and I'll be right about all of you'll them. You'll be writer? I'll be most right. Um, I feel like, oh, I, I coach guys, guys, if you're out there, I haven't had a ton of activity on the old toddadamscoaching.com page. I think some of that has to do with my availability and some of it, like people aren't, summer. aren't as apt to work on themselves in the summer. So enjoy your summer. But if you guys want some, um, help, you want a teammate, you want somebody on your team to help you get from point A to point B, I coach guys. I love coaching guys and go to toddadamscoaching.com. Um, first session's free, so no risk. 
Hey, you guys, in September, September 11th, we are doing a documentary screening of the movie Angst, A-N-G-S-T, Angst. It's about anxiety and about how we as adults and our children experience high levels of anxiety now in this time and space. And we, Todd and I do these documentary screenings um, because we feel like it creates a conversation. So it's going to be at York Theater in Elmhurst. Um, you can get tickets on the ZenParentingRadio.com website. Just click on events and you'll see it there. You can just get tickets. I think they're 10 bucks a ticket. Again, it's at a real movie theater. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, we purchase the movie and the license and the theater, and then you come watch it. And we have a short uh, discussion afterwards. It's a 60-minute movie, so the discussion will probably be a little bit longer than usual. 60 minutes. And then we also, at the Elmhurst Public Library, we're doing a series, uh, September, October, November. It's this fall about compassion. So the first class is about self-compassion. The second one is about marital compassion. And the third one is about parenting compassion. So again, it's at the Elmhurst Public Library. For people who live in Elmhurst, um, you can probably register right away for people um, who live outside of Elmhurst, it will uh, you'll probably be able to register in August. Um, and we're also doing something uh, for the isupportcommunity.org. Sean, our buddy Sean. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to have a talk at Elmwood Elementary School in Naperville, Illinois on September 14th. So that's also on zenparentingradio.com on the events page. So got a busy fall coming up. And then probably the biggest news we have is on August 22nd. It's a Tuesday. It's about a month and a half from now where um, we are opening up early bird registration for the uh, conference, our Zen Parenting Conference, March 2nd and 3rd, 2018. We'll be announcing our speakers that day and you will want to pay attention. That's right. Because it's pretty exciting. And we'll also be, you know, so our website for the conference will be open and we will also have our new Zen Parenting Radio um, uh, pod, or excuse me, yeah, page, Zen Parenting Radio podcast page. That's right. So just a lot of new things on August 22nd. Um, and that's a lot of different promotions. So we will kind of close the show with a little bit of this. And a little bit of that. A little bit of that. A little bit of corniness. That's right. I like that word now. Yeah, we're a little corny. We're having corn for dinner. And I know a guy from my high school. His name is Corny De La Salas. And we used to smash empty aluminum cans on his head. And he liked it. Did he like it? I don't know. He He let us do it a lot. Did you do it to yourself too? No, it hurts. But then that's why we probably shouldn't do it to another. Corny would say, hey, smash another head on a can on my head. I don't know. Corny, if you're out there, his name is Cornelius. Okay. Corny. Um, Did you really like the can being smashed on your head? Because I bet you did not. But I could be wrong. Never know. I've been wrong before. A lot of weird kids out there. I know. A lot of awesome kids out there. A lot of great people out there. Thank you for listening to this show. Keep trucking. Adios. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, they are. consider leaving us a review on iTunes. We love them. This helps people find us, or you can just tell a friend about our show. Even better, word of mouth, right? Right. Todd and I, we do our speaking engagements about Zen Parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or an organization, contact us at kathy at zenparentingradio.com. We love speaking to groups. Hey. Hey now. Guess what? Next year's Zen Parenting Conference is March 2nd and 3rd, 2018. Sweet. If you want to know more about this or any of our upcoming events, go to zenparentingradio.com and click events. If you like reading awesome parenting books, read Kathy's. She's got three of them. And the way to find out about them is go to zenparentingradio.com and click on the store. Thank you. You're welcome. Award-winning, I might add. I know. 
So you coach guys. I love coaching guys. And you're good at it. I do it on Skype, face-to-face, and even on the phone. And we talk about uh, parenting, uh, relationships, finance, career, work-life balance. It's awesome. So first session's free. If you're interested, go to toddadamscoaching.com. Great. And if you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It won't cost you anything, I promise. Yeah. But we get a small commission from Amazon. It's just an easy way of making money. And you, you, you're you going to buy from Amazon anyway, so you might as well go through our homepage. All right. Right-hand side, Amazon link. Great. Great. <laughs> hey, and thanks for being such an awesome listener, you know? <laughs> sponsors. Oh, yeah. Um, I also want to thank our two amazing partners, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Company, Painting and Remodeling, avidco.net, and Dr. Kelly's at chirotree.com. Thank you so much for all your love and support. Keep on trucking. Sweetie, say keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. I say it better. I know. That's all right. Keep trucking. Adios. <laughs>